I take it as fuel to my fire versus a knock against my gender. Coach Megan's tough, persistent mindset inspired me to think bigger and beyond stigmas and discrimination. To take it as a challenge. To prove the haters wrong. To use it to fuel my fire. Instead of letting it affect her, Megan has used it to fuel her fire and love for the sport. To all the young girls who want to make it big in the great game of basketball, never let a knock against your gender affect you. Use it to fuel your fire and burn bright. Half time, halfway. We're going to hear all about discrimination and stigmatization in the sports industry. But not just from me. We're bringing in the experts, pro athletes, coaches, journalists, and so many more to tell you about their story. It's time to crank up those stadium lights and shine them on the extra challenges that women in sports have to overcome every day. Welcome back to episode 8 of Halftime, Halfway. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing a woman who has had the unique experience of being both the athlete and the coach. Megan Griffith is the head coach of the Columbia University's women's basketball team, but she was also a very successful and decorated player on the team as well. Megan came back to coach her alma mater after a professional career overseas. Her love for the game of basketball shines through this interview. Today, Megan joins us to drop some wisdom and tell us about her basketball journey, some camps she has created, and women empowerment in the basketball industry and at the largest stage, the NBA. Welcome, Coach Megan, to Halftime Halfway. Here is our interview. So my first question is, can you tell me about your journey to becoming part of the Columbia women's basketball team and finally the coach? And where did it start and who supported you? So when I was your age, that's like pretty much um, when things started picking up in terms of wanting, knowing where you want to go to college and, you know, are you going to play sports or not? And so um, that's that's really when everything ramped up for me um, in recruiting. You know, it, I played AAU basketball. Um, grew up playing sports most of my life and really decided to get serious about it then. So, you know, it was, Columbia was one of the schools that recruited me and I got a chance to visit and uh, get on campus there a couple of times. And, you know, it just kind of came down to if this was something that was best for me in my future and I would have a great chance to play at a high Division One collegiate level. It became pretty easy for me, actually. I feel like nowadays there's a lot more complicating factors for for student athletes trying to pick schools, but, um, you know, I was on the East Coast. I'm from the East Coast. A nice, a good city life that was, like, super diverse and multicultural. I was, those are all things that I was excited about. So I ended up coming to play for four years. After that, I ended up uh, going overseas to continue playing professionally for three years in Europe. And then uh, kind of when that came to a close, that chapter in my life, I decided to pursue a coaching route and found myself at Princeton for six years and uh, had a great experience there and uh, ended up realizing this is what I wanted to do with my life um, during that time there and found my way back to Columbia you know there was some things had to happen and I was excited about the opportunity and you know gracious that I had the chance to come and come back home and lead so it's been it's been pretty full circle it's hard to believe that I was actually your age when I started all this <laughs> that that is a pretty amazing story that's definitely a full circle um when did you start playing basketball a pretty young age so i would say basketball i probably started playing like like somewhere around like second or third grade wow that that's a long time i think i started playing around that age too 
Um, anyways, you have accomplished so much being like the two-time all-academic Ivy League athlete and all-Ivy selection and continued your success with your pro career in Europe. But even with those highs, what are some challenges that you have come across in your career and journey and how did you overcome them? Yeah, it's, I think challenges, you know, it's, it's so relative at the time in terms of, you know, like now I wouldn't think that some of those things were challenges, but I think at the time, you know, the adjustment to college was really it was probably easier than I thought. I thought it was going to be really hard. And it's, I, I think I was prepared well, like with the education I had and my parents, how I was raised. But, you know, I think there's always that adjustment period whenever you start something new in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think going to college and then going overseas and like being really isolated, like those were really big adjustment periods for me. And then also like coming back from playing overseas and like into my work life, that was like, you know, that was the first time I had to work for somebody else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, playing was, yes, I was working for an organization, but I was still exercising, you know, my, my own professional career um, as a player. So it was just, that was different. I think that was probably the biggest, not challenge or obstacle, but adjustment period, I guess, I had. And and then, too, like, then taking this job and becoming a head coach. So I think at every phase in your life, whenever you get a new opportunity, I really tried to embrace those challenges mm-hmm. versus, like, saying, oh, these this halted me from getting what I wanted or, you know, just constantly trying to find ways to be flexible and adaptable. That is definitely a really unique experience, but definitely, as you said, a full circle. And I can totally see how adjustments can be challenging. And I think that your mindset is really great. Like change is tough, but it's like a growth period. Um, My next question is, Sports is a very male-dominated industry, and many female athletes face a whole lot of disrespect, whether it's subtle, obvious, intentional, unintentional, but have you ever received disrespectful comments or actions, and if you did, how did you deal with them? Yeah, I think that disrespect, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? So, Mm -hmm. I I totally understand, like, you saying it's a male-dominated industry, and I, but I think for me, that, that was like an opportunity. That's, I've always seen that as an opportunity. And it's like, I mm-hmm. deserve to be at the table just as much as anybody else does. For sure. So for me, it was just, it was all based on like, I need to make sure that I'm well versed in the things I'm speaking about in the industry I'm working in. Um, I'm knowledgeable. I, I have contacts. I network. I do the things that would separate me. And, and I'm also extremely competitive. I think I'm competitive, more competitive than most people. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's something that when I just when I looked at it like that, it was more of an opportunity for me versus I'm getting discriminated against for being a female, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think I've experienced like true discrimination. I'm sure that I have, but I, maybe I didn't realize that was happening at the time. I, but you know, there's always the comments, especially when I was younger. I don't get it nearly as much anymore. But um, when I was younger, as a college athlete, and then right out of college. Even in high school, you would get the, oh, like, you're a girl, or you play like a girl, or, you know, like, but those mm-hmm. are just comments, like, to me, I use that as fuel to my fire versus a knock at a female. And, you know, I think the way that I live my life, um, and I hope other young women that are passionate about whatever they want to do, um, just kind of take that chapter out of, like, my book to say, use that as fuel to the fire um, versus, you know, a knock against mm-hmm. who you are because of your gender. So, uh, you know, I think you just have to, you have to have the facts. Like I said, you have to be well-versed and knowledgeable. Um, and you got to be able to prove people wrong. So, you know, just if you flip the outlook on like that, I think you can see great success in your life. That's a really empowering way to look at it. I really like that. Using it as fuel to your fire. That, that's a very motivational way to put it. 
Um, I also read that in addition to your basketball career, you also started Back to the Basics Basketball in your hometown. Can you tell me a little bit more about the program and why you started it? Yeah, initially it was an opportunity for me to make money and be able to pass the game along to young people in my community. And it was, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue to play overseas, but I knew that I needed something that would be able to keep me financially, you know, like afloat in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I was always very interested in running a skills training kind of camp slash clinic. And then when I realized that this was something that a lot of people were seeking individually, I thought, why can't I do this? Why, why is this something that I could explore? So it really just became that at first where it was like one-on-one training sessions. And then from there, what blossomed from that was holding camps, holding clinics, doing sessions on Sunday nights where, you know, we go to a local park and, and then it became a mentoring opportunity. So I think there were so many great things that came out of it. Um, and it really just started from, I love the game. It's a great way for me to teach. It's a great way for me to stay connected. It's a great way for me to hone my skills. Um, and then it just kind of sprouted from there. That is a really amazing story. And your love for the game really shows through all of that. And it's a great way to do what you love. Um, I have another question for you. With NBA players making ultimately exponentially more than their WNBA counterparts, I believe that the pay gap, in my opinion, is pretty disrespectful. And um, it happens in so many different sports. But what is your opinion on the pay gap? And how do you believe we can fix it? Yeah, well, I mean, with the collective bargaining agreement that came out this year for the WNBA, that was a huge step in the right direction. I think the U.S. Women's National Team, soccer, has been fighting for many years about about equal pay. Same in tennis, if you take all the way back to Billie Jean King. And, you know, so I think these are, these are issues and these, these rights that we as females have been fighting for um, have become more and more um, prevalent in terms of being people across all sports fighting for them. So I think it's just more about awareness. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a constant attention to like how are resources being divided. And that's what the, the bargain agreement that was established, the WNBA, like they just, they changed how their resources were distributed. So it, I think there's opportunities for us. So we just need to keep fighting that fight um, and having people that aren't afraid to speak up. <laughs> that just requires you know, us to have some more time and shelf life as, as that's the other part of it, right? Like we have men have been playing professional sports for much longer than us as a rate, uh, you know, as in terms of like that long race, right? Like we're, we're so far behind just in terms of time. So I think for us, we're catching up, we're progressing quickly, but the females are evolving um, fast. And I think that is important for us to keep making sure that we have voices for the things that matter to us, like, so similar pay, right? I think mm-hmm. that's a huge issue, and obviously we want to be able to support our families just like men do. Yeah, 100%. Um, we can definitely celebrate like the little wins, but there's still so much farther to go. And I think that it's super important that women can pursue sports as a career and also support their families. Like, it's only fair that way. Um, Quick, fun question in between all these serious ones. Have you ever played any other sports? Uh, yes, I actually I played quite a lot of them. Um, growing up, probably everything under the sun, but I played a lot of like softball. And uh, then when I got to high school, I played and like ran track and field, lacrosse, volleyball. So I, I did quite a lot of organized sports actually growing up. Oh, that's great. I do track and field and I tried volleyball, but it didn't really work out. But I feel like organized sports were super fundamental to my childhood, honestly. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyways, there are only 10 NBA teams that have a female on their coaching staff, and in 2017, there was only one female agent that had a client in the NBA. Why do you think that is, and how do you think that we can get more woman representation in the NBA? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, well, the great thing is is that it's growing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's got to start somewhere. I think people have to be willing to one, put themselves out there for, for our sake as, as women. And then two, like we, we need to make sure that we're, we're able to have society behind us bending like whoever's hiring, like, you know, their ears. And I think that's happening right now. I think there is a strong advocacy for females in men's sports. And I also think that men are realizing that they need diversity on their staffs and that it's not just, you know, skin color or backgrounds that's, mm-hmm. that's gender as well. Right. And socioeconomic mm-hmm. backgrounds and things like that. So it's, it's just very important that we keep, you know, putting ourselves out there for positions. And, and as females, you know, we got to be able to take chances. Like, that's a big part of it, too, is, like, there's a lot of unknown when you make a jump into a different field or a different industry. And, you know, we, if we want to be forerunners or forefront of those industries, we've got to make sure we put ourselves in those positions. So I think it's just it's on both of us. Like, we have to do our part. You know, society's got to be continuing to embrace this. And we just got to make sure that we step up and we're ready when our number is called. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I could not have said it better. I totally agree that like diversity is it's so necessary with all the un- different unique perspectives that it provides. Like it's just it's all around better for society. Um, Do you have any advice for young girls who play basketball one day hoping to make it big and make a difference like you? I would say that it's you need to have a purpose for why you do things, right? And so as long as you can connect back to that at, at any time that you make a decision in your life, that will help guide you. So it's whatever your purpose is, what's your why? What, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and it might be very broad at first and then become more narrow, but I think as long as you're connected intrinsically to something that really matters to you and you're passionate about, go, go after it with everything you have. Um, it's okay to make mistakes. That's what I would say. <laughs> I agree. I feel like being connected to what matters to you is what brings success. Um, anyways, thank you so much for your time and for taking the time to talk to me. Um, <laughs> I hope you have an amazing day. No problem, Maddie. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good luck with it, okay? Thank you. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. All right. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I hope you enjoyed our interview on Half Time, Halfway. Special thanks to Megan Griffith for joining us and sharing her story. We hope you'll join us next week for another interview with another strong woman in the sports industry. But for now, the game's not over yet, so finish strong. Thank you so much for listening to Halftime Halfway with me, Maddie. Remember to follow or subscribe, and if you have any questions or comments, feel free to visit me on Instagram at halftime underscore halfway.